Ladies and gentlemen, I say it every night, but if this is the only show you can see between now and the time you have to go to bed, well, this is the one to watch. We have... Uh, I'll tell you in a second who we have. First of all, Paul, introduce our special friend playing with the band tonight. Well, Paul Schaefer, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody knows who he is. All I can say is when we came out to L.A., there was one cat that we, that we wanted to talk into sitting in with us, and uh, we're thrilled that he did. He's an innovator, and he's just a nutty kind of a guy. A nutty kind of a guy. Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen. Because we don't fool around. Thank you very much, Eddie. Nice to have you here. to the Nightfly Podcast with me, Dave Juskow, October 20 edition, almost Thanksgiving already, what, no, it's true, oh my god, what a mess everything is, right, all right, how are you everybody, coming at you, uh, taping a uh, recording on Monday the 19th, just one day before this comes out, so it is fresh, it's fresh, yo, this drops tomorrow. Yeah, that's the that's the way the kids talk these days. How are you, everybody? Oh yes. Hello, and uh, I guess I really, really have nothing to say. I'm just uh, I'm vamping while I listen to this song. Well, this is one of my favorite Van Halen songs. Yeah, you know, I'm sure everybody can pick the early stuff, but everybody knows that Dave Juskow and the Nightfly love Sammy Hagar. So, for my money. I was all in on Van Halen when they went with Sammy. Uh, of course, that is sacrilege to many folks, but I really don't care. They obviously made four very successful albums, much more successful than they were with David Lee Roth, so there must be other folks like me who appreciate Van Hagar and not just Van Halen, which I really just didn't care for. It's just not a big David Lee Roth fan. Meanwhile, his solo album, I liked a lot. So go figure. I can't figure it out. It doesn't really matter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. Let's uh, let's get it all going. Uh, yeah. So last week we uh, had our, our our video audio debacle. I say only. I mean, it was fun and it was good, but yeah, I messed up and I was very upset with myself. I recorded it. No, I recorded it fine, but then when I put it into my editing system, it came out either mono instead of stereo or the opposite way and it was only coming out in the left speaker as if it was like a Beatles song I mean I, I, I go down I was listening to it on like I guess Tuesday afternoon 
I was going for my walk and I heard it. I went immediately back upstairs and I'm like, oh my God, what have I done? I was so angry with myself. Now I fixed the problem. I don't know whether it's fixed on Spotify because I first started listening on that, but I know it's fixed on Apple and other stuff. So then I was going to fix it on YouTube. I'm like, why bother? Like three people look at it. I mean, I could have fixed it's ready to fix, but then I have to take down what's already there and then put it up and then it'll look like there's no views. So I figure, well, you know, at least I can keep like the 20 views that are there. I mean, ugh, you know how I, that drives me insane. I was very upset with myself, very upset. I keep making these uh, these mishaps with my editing system. I don't know what it's doing. Like, it's doing everything right. It's just these little minor mono stereo things, which are causing me a lot of stress or duress, as uh, you might put it, but you know, I fixed everything and I apologize because I'm sure when you, uh, some of you were listening, you're like, I don't understand what's going on. I don't know. Again, I don't know how people are listening. I know a lot of people listen in their cars, which is great because that's the best way to listen, you know, but who's taking long trips these days? I know my sister just went up to visit uh, my niece, which I was thinking about doing this past weekend. So they were listening there. That's a nice three, four hour drive. And I listen, um, you know, when I go to my mom's house, would have an hour. But this time I listened actually to Gilbert Gottfried's podcast, which I'm on this week. So I listened to the episode with myself. Well, why wouldn't I? I want to see how they put it together. It's the Gilbert Gottfried podcast on Sirius XM. Although today, uh, you know, it comes out. Uh, sorry, something just came up and I got to get rid of it. Um, uh, what was I saying? Sorry. <sighs> Something came up the computer. You know, I'm so good about putting everything on sleep so I don't get distracted. And then this nonsense comes up like, restart your machine now? Ugh. Anywho, don't they know I'm doing a podcast? I'm in the middle of something that can't be fixed when it's podcast gold like this? <laughs> um, what the hell was I talking about? My God. Uh, talking about people driving. Right. So Gilbert's podcast, I was on this week with the Klugman kids, as I like to call them, Jack Klugman and Brett Summers kids. <laughs> it's just... Funny every time, but true to television royalty. And um, I, you know, listened on the on the way to my mom's, and it was a very enjoyable hour or so. How long it was? Hour and a half. But again, the sound quality, you know, not up to par. Even my sound quality wasn't good because they, they're they're taking what they make you do is record on your cell phone and then you give it to them. And I'm like, but the Zoom recording is pretty good. I mean, I sounded good last week. I mean, besides the mishap and the left speaker or whatever you, you call it these days, I sounded pretty good on Zoom. You know, my guests sound because they don't have good equipment, but I mean, the Zoom quality is just as good as this. It's just when you have two people talking at the same time, sometimes it doesn't work out, but it's not bad. It didn't sound like it was coming from another place, but they, they chose to use the stuff I taped. You know, my phone is sitting on the desk, so it's not as... Quality, I, I I don't know what their plan is. Well, you know, they deal with a lot of 80 and 90-year-old people, so it's tough. But um, meanwhile, though, it was a good show. And then after that, I actually listened to the one they had with Bob Costas, which was terrific, because he is very knowledgeable about the stuff that we like. Boy, would he be a, a joy to have on this show if we're well, talking about anything, really. I mean, he knows something about everything. Just like Frank Santa Padre, who, if you heard this... Um, Past Tuesday's show, uh, the Comedy Cellar Nightly football show, if you did hear uh, last week's show, uh, you would have seen that there was an issue because 
Alan Zweibel, who was my lead guest, could not make it because his dad was dying and maybe dead at the time we're taping this. So pretty good excuse. And he still tried to make it. So what a mensch. You might say it was very nice. He's like, I'll still try and make it. I'm like, uh, we'll give you a pass on this one. Who even though he you know, still had to die alive. And um, but it was still I got to say, I think it was the best show ever. I mean, if you're over 40 and when I say 40, I'm being polite. You probably have to be over 50 to enjoy it, really. But um, yeah, I thought it was the best show. I just thought it was uh, really entertaining. I really enjoyed it. Frank Santa Padre and Rick Newman were so great and you know it's great to just talk about you know old stuff and everything and um i you know obviously i like doing that and we talk about old times and and things and just those you know that video alone if you saw it or you can still see it on the comedy seller nightly uh, channel with rick newman and david brenner and richard bells are talking about who discovered pat benatar that for my money alone was a great reason to watch and just how popular Catch a Rising Star was and how we talked about how, you know, it opened not as a comedy club, but just as a club. And the first night to make sure he had a spectacular night, he had a birthday party for Rocky Graziano. I mean, that's I mean, that's good stuff, you know. So I really like that a lot tonight. My guests are going back to normal. My guests are, as you know, uh, because we talked about last week, uh, Lenny Marcus whose Supermarket Sweep just aired this past Sunday. And I I did enjoy it. I thought it was very entertaining, actually. I got a little caught up in it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I don't know where it stands in, you know, lasting. Um, You know, for my money, Leslie Jones, I don't know. But um, the show is uh, fun. And it's nice to see... Uh, first of all, I know the director, which I didn't realize was the same director. We'll talk about this uh, tonight on the show, um, and you'll see why, and you'll love it, I promise. If you're going to watch tonight's show, it's also with Dan Natterman and Marina Franklin, everybody. That's tonight. Uh, this coming out on Tuesday, October 20th at 7 p.m. Special time because the producer, Mushy Mike, has something to do. I think he is doing some sort of rooftop show, so he has to leave. And uh, so we will be doing 7 to 8 tonight. On the Tuesday show, Tuesday football show. And as you know, next week, my guests are from Family Guy, the executive executive in charge of everything producer and the writer of our favorite movie of all time, Ted, Alex Sulkin. Also, my friends from college, who one of them happens to be another producer from Family Guy, Chris Regan, who we've had on the podcast before. And the executive producer and showrunner of One Day at a Time, Mike Royce. Now, that should also be another in a series of very interesting get-togethers on The Nightly Show, the Comedy Seller Nightly Show with me, Dave Joskow. So I really hope you are going to listening. So it's funny because Marina, Marina and I were talking. Marina tapes her shows on Mondays, and she was just having a show last week, and they're talking about Black Lives Matter and, you know, she's like, well, we got a problem because we got into an argument and, you know, the Black Lives Matter, you know, black, black, black. I mean, that, that sounds horrible, but, you know, it's, you know, it's pretty a militant show. And uh, and, I, and I was like, oh, that's weird. I had the exact opposite guest on last week. I had, you know, Sean Donahue from Notre Dame University on <laughs> as my guest. The exact opposite show. 
from a Black Lives Matter show. The whitest institution there is with the whitest Irish last name that you could have. But uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it last week. I thought it was (laughs) – I still think it's rather fascinating uh the caddy scholarship i'm sorry i'm never gonna get over how fascinating it is to also have a caddy scholarship and you don't play golf and also lenny was great and uh so it was great to see also uh bethel and neil and dc benny on the show i think we're gonna have dc benny on the tuesday show so you know and i have so much um so many connections to this supermarket sweep for some God knows reason and uh, whatever. So that's on Sunday nights anyway. Uh, let's continue where we were. I'm just looking at my stuff. I, you know, oh, my God. You know, and the, the thing about the Tuesday show is, and it's so weird. It's like I get so caught up in it. Right? I get, like I can't even do anything. I can't leave the house. I can't do it. I was like, I got to do the Tuesday show. Now, I don't know. Now, now um, our friend um, uh, Gabriel uh, was, was kind enough to donate some money on the chat room, which was very kind. Thank you very much. And, um, you know, I guess I know everybody keeps telling me I should, you know, do the Patreon, which I don't, I don't know what the holdup is. Um, so I was going to say, you know, it's like I put all this time and effort into the show and I don't really make that much money off it. But then you were kind enough to donate. Thank you. But it is funny to put so much effort into a show that, well, at least I, th- I think I have more watchers or viewers than, than I might have for the podcast. I probably not as many, but, um, it's still pretty good amount of people, so it's worth it. And I love doing it, so it's not that big a deal. And then I was thinking, you know, I really do I, – I, I don't know anyone else who does what I do on these kind of Zoom-like newfangled shows where we're showing pictures and videos the way a show should be done instead of just, you know, and I'm prepared with sharing the screen and I'm doing more visual things than just sitting there and being talking heads. And I think – I should, quite frankly, have my own show every week, like a brand new talk show, like Letterman or Leno or something that does this. And then, you know, I mean, why not? See, I'm sitting here doing it. I'm like, well, maybe that's what I should do. I should have a nightly talk show or a weekly talk show. You don't want to do a nightly one because the nightly ones get stale really easy. But if you had a weekly talk show, well, I guess I do technically have a weekly talk show. So I guess after football stops, I'll just keep having a weekly show i feel like i could put it together better i mean the producer's really good so i mean i have a producer so it makes it a lot easier that i don't have to concentrate on the chat room as well but you know i think i got it down where i'm using all the multimedia stuff that one could use in this day and age i believe me i wish i could play some more music where i don't have to just share the screen and i could have more video audio interaction but it's live if it wasn't live then i could probably just do it all the time but the there is an element to it being live which was you know to me makes it very uh exciting although when you watch it not live i guess that's not a big deal but having it live is there's something to it right because anybody can say anything and it's out there and there's no way you can take it back and i don't know i don't know something to think about for the future since this is our future for a long period of time uh, I'm just going through my list and it looks like I yeah, went through the first four and everything. Isn't that fantastic? Oh God, I got to tell you, there's so much construction outside my house. I'm fortunate I'm filming. I think they're all at lunch, but it is so noisy in my neighborhood now. 
they were they were ripping up the street last week and i think i had just gone to bed around seven in the morning and then they started and they went all night long because i think they were trying to finish it up but like two three in the morning they're dropping pipes they're jackhammering because they were trying to get it done and i found out i think it's all for this stupid new building they've been you know building in front of my house for the past two three years whatever it's been with that huge crane in front and everything so it's just like it's even worse they have to also dig up the street to help the the building and this building sucks it's so annoying and then uh you know that they keep blocking the street off so you can't get by and i can't park my car here it's such it's such a disaster meanwhile the uh the restaurant i was uh taping at which maybe you saw last week they're they're just getting their outdoors together they took it down because they realized they need to get more permanent and there's so many places that are realizing they're going to need to winterize their outdoor area if they want to stay in business i'm worried about the comedy seller because they keep breaking down their outdoor area every night they're not making it sturdy my guess is the reason they're not doing it is because that block is so evil. You would have to have major security on that street to make sure that people just don't mess it up overnight. But, you know, you, you, you're going to have to have some form of sturdy. They can only fit about six people in the upstairs olive tree. So you need that area if you want to make some more money. And they need to winterize it. But, I mean, I know that's not the point of a comedy club to have it outdoors like that, but they, they need to serve dinner and make money to keep it afloat. I, I'm not, I, I still don't know why they're not closing down that block to traffic. McDougal Street between 3rd and Bleecker should be shut down to traffic. It's that simple. There's plenty of other ways to go. Nobody can park on that street anyway. It, it just doesn't make sense. why, And, and maybe nobody's thought to ask. But somebody should so they can, you know, winterize it. Maybe all the stores can get together, hire a private security place so they can keep an eye on it from like midnight to 6 a.m. or something, you know. I mean, seriously, everybody needs to really hunker down, winterize, get lamps or whatever it's going to be and, you know, maintain a place where you can sit in the middle of December and not be cold. Because this is not going away anytime soon. And the winter's going to be, you know, it's been okay now. It's getting colder. The weather's been kind of perfect. Everybody's been very lucky. But I don't know. And it worries me for a lot of the places that I like and a lot of the people that I know that are closing. Of course, i got to worry about myself, too. I mean, you know, like we said, kind of big trouble, but... I like to pretend like everything's okay, you know, because that's the way I live my life. Otherwise, I would have killed myself a long time ago. I get the feeling everything's going to work out, don't you? I don't know. It's going to work out. Anyway, uh, also, I, uh, oh, I'll tell you this. Or do I want to tell you this? I really am kind of embarrassed. Um, I can tell you anyway. You know, on Wednesday, I go down. I always go down to the cellar on Wednesdays. Plus, I'll, um, I'll be performing this uh Wednesday at some outdoor place on 6th Street and Avenue B. If you're around that neighborhood, I'm doing 10 minutes somewhere on the street. I don't I don't know anything about it. I don't know what the story is. I met this girl, she seems nice. 
And she's like, yeah, you want to do it? It's me and Jessica Curson, actually. I mean, it, it, they're getting the big boys. I think it tells done it. So that's funny. I haven't done a New York City outdoor show. It's kind of weird. Everybody else is doing them. This is my first one, so I don't know what it's going to be like. And then I think I'm performing at the uh, New York Comedy Club Fairfield Connecticut Club. I think it's, I don't know what the Fairfield Comedy Club, I guess, in Connecticut. Uh, I think I'm opening for a tell on Saturday. I'm not positive of that, but I believe that is the plan. The guy who runs it is very cryptic, so it's hard to figure out. But uh, yes, I guess I will still be doing some other shows, which is good, because I really thought uh, that was it. Pretty much after the Stress Factory, there wasn't that much to do. And it's too bad, too, because it's just getting good. And that's the problem with me. It's like I just never have places to play. So I can't really get great. Uh, I really wish I had more places to play. And, of course, that's also on me, too, because some of the places that will let me play, I don't want to play because they're gross or the people there are gross. But uh, that's my story for that. Um, You know, if you're around in Fairfield, I guess. So I was um, on Wednesday, I was down at the the village and uh, I was at this bar and sitting across from me was this beautiful i mean just beautiful girl um i assumed she was part indian maybe whatever she was gorgeous wearing this little skirt she looked beautiful and she kept smiling at me and i kept looking over my shoulder i'm like what the, who's, who's somebody must be behind me and uh i was just sitting by myself and she was sitting by herself and she just kept smiling at me i'm like what what, what is, is she is she is, I mean, really i was just like she must be looking at somebody else but my back was to the wall and i'm like hey, do you want to join me and she's like, yeah, all right. And I'm like, what? You do? And uh, I found that I, uh, she told me she was 50. I thought she was 22, 23. I swear to God, she looked 22, 23. And then even when she came into the light and sat by me, she still looked 23, 24. I swear. I mean, it was amazing. And she's 50. And uh, we just started talking and turned out, you know, she like is a professor and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, I think I found my match. This is it. This is it. I love this woman. I am intrigued by this woman. She obviously likes me. I mean, I can't. What's that? I bought her a drink. It's like, would you like a drink? Yes, I'd like a drink. And then she told me she had two kids and she was like waiting for one of her daughters and stuff like that. And then I we kept talking and talking. And then I'm just like, well, is, is the husband still involved? What, you know, after we got And she's like, yeah, he's coming here in like five minutes. And I'm like, what, what is that about? Um. She never mentioned that. She, I just assumed she was divorced because I, I don't, I don't know. She was, I, there was no reason to assume it, I guess, but there was no reason not to. I mean, um, it's kind of odd, but, uh, and then, and then, um, that was, uh, well, it was rather soul crushing, really, if I could be honest with you. I really thought I'd, I mean, this, this woman was amazing. She, she was talking, you're not going to believe it. I mean, she was talking about Cheers episodes. Hey, do you remember the one? And I'm like, yeah, I remember them all. Who is this woman? And she was talking about like all these TV shows we always talk about all the time. I'm like, oh my God, I've met the woman I'm going to marry. I mean, I mean, it was really like that. It was like a lightning bolt. And and then it was like that Simpsons one, uh, I think with uh, who's the girl from uh, Roseanne, uh, who's a lesbian now. Uh, uh, you know, there was the Big Bang Theory and stuff. Uh, I, I can't think of her name. She's on the Connors uh, 
but you know what I'm talking about. And she was on an episode of The Simpsons where Bart fell in love, and then he she says, "I have a boyfriend" or something, and then she grabs his heart. And she goes, "Well, you won't be needing this anymore." It was really like that. And then the husband came, and um, he sat down, and he was nothing but nice. <laughs> he was, and we still had a good time, but it was, uh, boy, it was a major bummer. Even um, Todd Barry came by, and he even left because he was like, "Oh, I think just uh, got something going here." You know, I was like. I couldn't even believe it, but she was very nice. But I mean, wow. Uh, damn it. There it was. It was, uh, it could have happened. <laughs> I mean, maybe, you know, whatever, but uh, there was, uh, I was fooled. I was blindsided, you might say, but uh, still had a good night. Then went over to the cellar and, you know, thank God for the cellar. Cause that, you know, heals all wounds. Cause there's comedy and you can laugh and you can see all your friends. So, if something like that does happen, you know, you can go there. You can go there when you're depressed. You know, at least I can. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's where I go. That's where my family is. That's where I can go when, um, you know, it's New Year's and I have nothing to do. And and then it, it, it works every time. So it was, you know, fun. I had chicken wings, but that's it. I didn't overeat this time. You know, I had beer and chicken wings on my, on my cheat day. Now, meanwhile, with the Nutrisystem, I just got my new month load of shipment I have two days left of the old shipment, and then I can start the new one. But, uh, you know, these Sundays. So on Sunday, I mean, this is when it just gets really even sadder. It's I, I'm, I'm trying to get out of the house on Sundays, you know. I know I, I'm obsessed with football, so um, I try and watch the early games, and then I want out. But if I don't have a plan by Saturday night, I can't do it. I need, I need to know in advance, and I swear to God. I must have texted or called like 12 people to go out with. Not on a date, just go out for dinner, go out, get some sushi or something around 5.30 in the afternoon, and and no one was available. Now, uh, you know, in my sense, maybe it's my fault. I'm, you know, texting on Fridays or Saturday nights already. They already have plans. But how many people have plans on Sundays? I guess that's where I'm getting confused, too. I haven't had a plan on a Sunday in like 30 years. I, I, I just don't know where, what people are doing, that they're not around. But I swear to God, I must have texted 12 people. I mean, you know, an even number of boys and girls, and no one was around. It's, it was really horrible because I need to get out of the house. And then, of course, you know, I just ordered in. Bad. I think I just had Italian food this time, but still, I eat a lot because I order like two. I order lunch and dinner, and that's just a horrible, fattening day. And uh, I got to work something out. I, I don't. Know, I mean, I guess I got need to plan like a week in advance. It's just like I don't want to plan a week in advance. Like I want to plan. It's just like it's just got to be. It can't be like a big thing, you know. It's just like I just need somebody to ha- sit down and have dinner with me for a half hour, and then I can go back home. I need to break up the Sundays because otherwise you sit there, you watch. I'm watching. Yeah, I do this, you know, that stupid Sunday show at 10 a.m. Right, I'm finished by 11, and then I'm like, well, I guess this is it for the next 12 hours. I need to break it up. This time I got really depressed. I went to bed at like 6:30, and I'm like, I guess I'll go to bed because <laughs> I lost all my bets. I went to bed. I guess I was depressed and woke up at like nine and. I had horrible dreams, and I was just so down. And it was, fortunately, it was uh, my this girl that I, uh, you know, have been talking to. She called and 
It was really nice. She's like, how you doing? And I'm like, how'd you know I needed to, to talk to somebody? It was very nice. So, um, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, it's just Sundays are just, you know, and plus, you know, it's getting darker. I'm getting nervous. Going back to those old ways, getting darker, that seasonal depression when it gets dark. You know, I hate that. I'm getting very uptight. I've got to leave the house before it's dark. I forgot about that because we've been wrapped in this thing and it hasn't been dark. You know, since this has started, it's been fairly bright out all the time. So it hasn't been an issue. Um, I need to come up with a plan. Remember on Sundays, I used to go to the New York Comedy Club and, you know, leave here when it was before it got dark, get down there, do five minutes and then have a drink and then come home. It was perfect. But that's not an option anymore. I don't know. I got to come up with some sort of Sunday plan. I mean, I'll even travel as far as Jersey. (laughs) But I don't know. What am I going to do? What am I going to do, right? I mean, what's going on here, right? Um, What should I talk about now? Should I go this way or that way? Uh, Okay. I have been watching a lot of the TV that we talked about last week, you know, some of the new shows. I started watching that Emily in Paris because it, you know, it's really made for me. This girl's very hot. Lily Collins. It's a Darren Star show, so it's very much like Sex in the City, but it takes place in Paris. It's pretty good. Um, but I'm watching it, and I'm enjoying it very much. I think I have, like, two more episodes to go, and I recommend it. You know, if you like gay stuff for you know, guys, you know what I mean? She has sex with boys and everything and the the guys in it are like ridiculously uh there's one guy who's like he's so hot <laughs> the guy i know but it's a darren star show so there's all these twists and stuff that are kind of fun and the girl's very good this lily collins and i'm like where's this lily collins? then i see she's the executive producer i'm like how does a little girl get to become an executive producer of a netflix show and i looked her up she's like 31 32 i'm like where's she coming from well, I seem to know her name, but I don't know where I know it from. And then I looked it up, and I don't know her from anything. Except for the fact that she's Phil Collins' daughter. Then I'm getting upset with myself. I'm like, God, Jesus Christ, that's not even fair. Are you telling me you're gorgeous? Then you look her up, she's like, a, she's like also a model, and she's done. I'm like, well, that is just perfect jackpot lottery hit. Of course she could produce her own show. Hey, how about a show where I'm in Paris walking around in great outfits? That's a great idea, Lily. Phil Collins, goddamn fucking kid. Of course she has the, the charmed life. And here's the best part. She's engaged to Charles McDowell. Well, who is Charles McDowell, you may ask? Well, it's Malcolm McDowell and Mary Steenburgen's son. What the hell? It's so unfair. That's just not right. Of course they're doing well. My dad was a brawn girdle salesman. God damn it. This stuff is driving me nuts. <sighs> I'm sure they're very nice people. <laughs> but it's, you know, the more I just think about it, the more I'm just like, ah, oh, life would have been so much easier for me. Dave Juskow in particular, I'm saying, well, for anybody, right? Life would be easier. Your parents are, you know, Phil fucking Collins. I mean, even if your parents are Phil Collins, I mean, let's just say that, you know, let's just say you don't like Phil Collins music. What's the difference? We know he's rich. You can't have 30 hits in one lifetime and still mess up, right? 
This is MC Hammer shit we're not talking about. Phil Collins was not a one-hit wonder. I mean, for Christ's sakes, Phil Collins might be the richest man in show business. I mean, you start with a band that's big and huge, and then you go solo and you're even bigger? You know, him and Sting probably have the most money of anybody. And then his daughter, not only did she grow up hot, but she just produced her own show. But it's a great show. <laughs> I put that behind. I'm not going to hate somebody because of that. I mean, it's good. I'm just very jealous. That's all. And so she's the executive producer. I'm like, what? How does that happen? I was watching the heat of the in the heat of the night today, which was Carol O'Connor's thing after he did All in the Family, and he was like executive producer, Carol O'Connor. Carol O'Connor is the executive producer of that because he had to do a twelve year sitcom first <laughs> to become the executive producer. This girl, I never heard of. She's in a couple of movies because she's hot. The executive producer of this show. Meanwhile, it's an awesome show. I really like like it. It's one of those ones I look forward to watching. So, because I'm also watching that one I told you about called Woke with the kid from New Girl, the black guy. Um, because the cartoons talk to him, but uh, that one has taken a little bit more time. The first two episodes were the first one was pretty good. Second one was just okay, and I watched the third one uh yesterday, and it was a little better. There's something about it that's making me upset, and it's not about the black thing. It's it's more that he messed up his job. He had this job where he was going to get paid all this money and do all this stuff, and of course he gave it away to you know, be true to himself and understand more of his black roots, which of course is funny and, and good timing, but it's like you know when we're stuck, and again, I'm only being selfish and talking about myself when I'm sitting here really, you know, hoping that something good is going to happen when I watch even a show where a guy throws away this career he could have had because he wants to get real with the people. I'm like, I'm still okay with it, but uh, it's, uh," you know, I get involved in these things. You know, I get very uptight. Even Cobra Kai, I get upset. I'm like, why doesn't he just go to Johnny and say, let's mend things? I mean, I'm crazy. I get involved with these shows, which is why I do a show like, I mean, you know, Everybody knows I like TV. I like watching stuff. I get involved in movies and TV. That's why I know the lines backwards and forwards. I mean, I get way in. So why wouldn't something like that, you know, bother me? And when people are stupid and they do stupid things, I have to always contain myself and just say, it's just a movie. Relax. But it's not bad. It's on Hulu. And then I started watching Ratchet which is based on Nurse Ratchet from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, because we talked about all this last week, and I started watching it with uh, Sarah Paulson. And that's pretty good. It's not like a, it's not like the Emily in Paris where I'm just like, oh, my God, I can't wait to watch this next one, or Cobra Kai where I like get excited about it, you know? But I'm watching it. I'm on the third episode. It's, it's all right. You know, it's much different than the others, but that's all right. Sometimes... You know, when they're awesome. And my brother-in-law told me about this show called The Boys, which is on Amazon Prime, which I'm watching, which I just started watching the first episode about these superheroes that are real dicks and stuff. So I'm giving that a try. First episode was pretty good. There's two seasons. So I'm checking that out, too. I tell you about all this now because everybody is looking for things to watch, obviously, people have been calling me like never before asking, do you have any recommendations? So I'm talking about more of this each week. I'm trying to 
watch more like watch where normally I would just watch one thing, finish it, and then start another. I'm doing a lot of things at once, so I could tell you guys. I think we, you know, I think there's something here with these, with these things. But I, you know, <laughs> I really like assembling powers. <laughs> it's like hot girls, and uh, and it's the way they're doing the French stuff is funny. That French people are such dicks, so I got no problem with that. But it's most enjoyable. I mean, listen, I watched every episode of Sex in the City because Sex in the City, whether it's gay or not. Was very entertaining, very entertaining. And how can you go wrong with a half hour show? You know, so you had all these little half hour shows. And uh, again, Cobra Kai, that second season, boy, that was really terrific. You know, they're obviously setting up that they might be able to get um, Elizabeth Shue, maybe. But why she wouldn't want to do it at this point, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's the most popular show on Netflix and what she's doing. I mean, she's actually in this show, The Boys, but nobody's watching that except I just watched it the other day. I haven't heard anybody talking about anything. So why wouldn't you want to be in something everyone's talking about, which is Cobra Kai? And if you don't know about it, I mean, Cobra Kai is the karate kid with the same cast. And they do it just the right way. Anyway, it's a whole nother podcast probably. On Thursday this week, I uh, did a modeling shoot. I'm just letting that sink in. Uh, Yeah, well, what happened was I went, my friend Sophia, who's a model, the British girl, um, who I've had on the podcast before, I'm going to have on again. She invited me to this uh, building in Hudson Yards called The Edge, which is like on the 101st floor. And, you know, they have views that go right out to The Edge whatever it was nice it was fun and she goes yeah do you want to come i have an extra ticket i got free tickets i'm like how'd you get and then i'm like what am i talking about i know how she gets free tickets she's hot so uh i said sure i'll go it was like at noon on thursday you know and she's like i'm going with my friends and i'm like well i know they're gonna be hot too and they were and then i took a shower that day and like dressed up now my dressing up is not dressing up i mean i should wear a jacket I, I was thinking about wearing a blazer and i'm like it's noon no one cares but i should have because i knew like i put on a nice shirt but it, i still look sloppy but i put on a shirt because i was like see these girls these model girls even when they're doing something that you and i would just get high and go do they dress up And boy, this was no exception. And I will be showing you more photos on the Tuesday show. I only have one right now because this guy came with with his professional camera. He's like, a you know, and we ended up doing a photo shoot, which I knew would probably happen. Uh, But these girls, oh, my God, they were dressed amazing for an afternoon of just, uh, hey, let's go look at the sights. And I knew that would be the case. So there was no shock to it. But, you know, then he's like, oh, get in the shot. And I'm like, are you sure? So every time I was in the shop modeling with these girls, which was hilarious, you know, uh, I would be like, well, now just, you know, just get them. Just get them, you know, because I I ruined the shots. Uh, but there's one pretty good one. And it's not bad. And I, I'm keeping doing the model. Now I'm all about modeling shots. Because on Saturday, I went to brunch with my friend Mitch, who I hadn't seen in a long time. We're high school friends. And he, he said, uh Hey, uh, pretty boy, uh, and he's called in the show before. He's like, uh, my daughter's doing something in the city. She's having brunch with her friends. He lives in Jersey, and 
my I was taking my wife out somewhere nice while she has lunch, and now she can't make it. So do you want to be my date on Saturday? I'm like, yeah, sure, yeah. Again, I was just happy to be asked to do something. Uh, so yeah, I met him around one o'clock. We went to what's it called? Nomu? Not no, it's not Nobu, Nomo. No, I think no mo kitchen, n o m o kitchen. You know, a, a, a crummy snobatorium. You know, one of those places where you know. Uh, do you guys have uh, bacon and eggs? No. Meanwhile, you know, this fucking place, the no mo kitchen or whatever. You know, these high end brunch exclusive places. I think it's a hotel, and you know, really, it's a crummy snobatorium. That's what it is. You notice it as soon as you go in. Uh, but they have this one section where everybody was taking photos, and I'm like, we have to take some modeling photos. So I did. But um, again, not I can't seem to dress right. I have that one jacket I use in everything, which is bad because I keep having pictures in the jacket. I should probably take the jacket off every time. All right, but it's cold. I'm already taking my mask off. It's very complicated. I like to take the mask off for photos. It really makes a difference. I'm having the mask photos, nobody's going to want to remember this. You know what I'm saying? So when you're taking photos with your masks, you're not going to be able to use them in 2021 or 2022 because no one's ever going to want to see those again. This is going to bring back bad memories. So you got to take the mask off for photos. That's my opinion. Plus, I mean, they're models. What, what, why do we want to see any of them with the mask? Their, their faces are their money. You don't want to see models with masks on. That is like the worst photo ever. Anyway... This place, the No Mo Kitchen or whatever the hell it's called, um, you know, we get there. You know, first they give you a napkin. They, you know, first of all, when I get a cup of coffee, I want give me a, a cocktail napkin so I can take a spoon and put it on that napkin. All these places they give, especially a brunch place, but a lot of the places. I mean, most even the diners, they don't give you something to stir your coffee in the milk and then put the spoon anywhere. So I got to use the one napkin they give me. You know, it drives me crazy when a place gives one goddamn napkin. I get mad at my mother, get one of my sister. I'm like, can I have two napkins, please? And really, I want five. I don't waste them. I use every one. But you should have, first of all, they give you a knife and a fork. I ask for a cup of coffee and the milk. There's nothing to stir it with. I'm stirring it with the fork. And then I got to put the fork on the napkin, a cloth napkin, and then I can't put it in my lap. And what am I supposed to ask for? Why don't they know that? I'm not going to put it on the goddamn table. They don't give you a saucer. And I don't want that saucer anyway because then the spoon is on the saucer and you can't put the cup back because the spoon is covering it. I, I, I don't know why they can't get that right. Anyway... They give you a knife and a fork. I'm like, you know, uh, I didn't ask for anything. But then when they kept refilling my coffee, two times, two times they bring the pot over. It's ice cold. Two fucking times. Look how angry I am about this. Because that's the kind of stuff that's the easiest thing to do. The easiest thing to do in a stupid snobatorium restaurant where you're charging exorbitant prices and only have the fabulous people is to have hot coffee for brunch always available and fill up your cup, you dumb fucks. Wow. I can't believe I got so angry at that. It's just, it's just, there it is, right? They're trying, we're special, we're this, we're the greatest. And I got two. 
two cups of cold coffee. First time I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is disgusting. Can you bring more coffee? They bring more coffee. It's hotter. I'm like, thank you. This is perfect. Then I say, can I get another refill? They do it again. I'm like, oh, well, are you sure that's hot? He goes, yeah, yeah, I just made it. Cold again. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? And I didn't yell or anything because it's not my dime, but I just, <laughs> it's, the st- it's the easiest thing to satisfy a customer. How many times I got to say this? All you got to do, if you have, if you're down a waiter or a waitress and you're understaffed, the only thing you need to do to keep people happy is keep refilling coffee or refilling drinks. As soon as you sit down, your drinks should be there. And then people are good to go for at least 15 to 20 minutes. You know, until then they're like, where the fuck is the food or whatever? You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's all you need to do. And if you can't achieve that, you really shouldn't be in the restaurant business. And to refill a cup of coffee at a brunch place? Fuck you. Again, you know, it's just, it's really frustrating because it's, again, they, you know, they're like, oh, we're this, we're that. Oh, oh, we don't serve that kind of stuff. And you can't, two cold cups of coffee, that drives me insane. But I didn't pay for it. I paid the tip because I was the girl in the relationship this time. (laughs) Meanwhile, my friend Mitch is awesome. It was so nice to see him. We went to high school together. I couldn't believe I never. The last time I saw his daughter was when uh, I went to the hospital when his his, uh, wife gave birth. So she's like 23 now. It was really funny. It's just so weird, you know. Oh, I remember you. I remember watching TV and they're like, I remember you. I'm like, oh, come on. Nobody's ever going to be that old. But yeah, here we are. Every time I see somebody like I, I mean, I've seen him, you know, recently. Well, I guess we really haven't gotten together in a long time. And we used to be very close because he used to own these amazing clubs in the city that they used to have SNL parties at. I mean, oh, my God, it was so much fun when he was living here. And then he just, you know, moved to Jersey at the right time, like right after September 11th, it was over. Never came back. Why should he? And um, it, it was just, you know, I just like seeing people. Probably, I mean, he looks terrific. You know, you would never guess we're the same age. He's got all his hair. He looks good. You know, he's fit. And um, but I, I always like look at us from uh, back. To, we're old men, uh, like uh, Christopher Lloyd. Look at us. We're old men. I'm an old man. I still have my hair. A portable television set. I can't believe it. But uh, yeah, it was a fun time. Then I walked all the way back from Chinatown, which was good, and that was my plan for the day. That was my plan. And then I didn't do anything else except watch TV and try and get people to go out with me the next day, which I couldn't find one goddamn person. I mean, what the hell is that all about, right? Oh, I cannot believe I got so angry about a cup of coffee. I mean, look look at the little things in life that make me upset, which, of course, is why you like the show, right? But, I mean, the little things in life that shouldn't be that big a deal i mean i mean i am really like larry david i guess but it's just it's like the easiest thing to fix and again if you're gonna pride yourself in being that kind of snooty place then yeah i'm gonna call you out on your shit i i like everyone else love eddie van halen and uh loved van halen but liked the later stuff i mean obviously i like 1984 yeah i didn't really care for the earlier stuff i I still don't really 
I liked when he started learning the piano and the keyboards. You know, I like that kind of stuff. And of course, I'm totally fascinated that goddamn Eddie Van Halen learned to play the piano. I mean, just been obviously like I think we all have just doing more research on him. I see him thing, and he just seems like the kindest, nicest guy. He has such a great look on his face, so handsome and cute, you know. And just to be so popular, you know, Howard Stern's been talking today about how, you know, how he, one of the guys on the show is a huge fan, so how he invented all these sounds and everything. I mean, it really is extraordinary. And I know he named his kid, or he's named Ludwig or something, or, you know, Wolfie, whatever. It's, I mean, he really is like a, like a modern day Beethoven or something. I, you know, you you just don't think that way because he was playing like metal, but he invented stuff and invented sounds and invented guitar. I mean, but even on the keyboards with jump, he invented that keyboard sound, which is now just called the Van Halen sound. You know, I mean, he invented this sound. I mean, it's fascinating, but we know that already, but. Yeah, then I remember once when he was on Letterman because he played with the band uh, multiple times. Obviously, also when his wife was on, sometimes he'd come in with her. I always loved Marilyn Bertinelli so much. Um, I loved it. I think everybody loved that marriage. It was so funny. It was just such a... They did look alike. They just seemed like nice people. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I would watch any incarnation of whatever she was doing. I just thought she was so cute. On one day at a time, I just had such a crush on her, like all of the guys my age did. She was so 70s cute, you know? And then I just watched every TV movie or any show she was in. I mean, I was watching, and none of them did well, because she's not a very good actress. But there is something about her, obviously. And I remember she did this, uh, well, I remember she did this detective show where she played Sydney. It was actually with Matthew Perry. And, of course, they used uh, one of the Van Halen songs at the opening. She's like, I convinced my husband to let me use the song for the opening. Uh, finish what you started off, OU812. How'd you convince him to do? <laughs> you know, it's like. And I remember that show. I remember the first episode, and she was so sexy on it, but it also isn't sexy. Like, I guess nobody ever wanted to see her grow up and be sexy because she was the girl next door. But I remember this one day at a time episode where she was trying to be sexy with a guy and it was hot <laughs> oh he always had a crush on her though and then she did this horrible cafe american where she played this american in france which i'm obviously obsessed with like emily in paris but i remember watching it in like 1994 whenever it was because eddie van halen was on i'm like well i'm definitely watching that episode because i couldn't sit through the episodes because they were awful but he did an appearance as a street musician or she's got a kick out of the cafe if I ever see you in here again, I'll feed you that thing. You'll be playing Lady of Spain out of your butt. <laughs> I'm sick of these musicians coming here annoying my customers. Next one comes through that door, bounce him. We had very strict policy on street musicians in Bintulu. You stand on a street corner and put out your hat, we fill it with your head. <laughs> Surprisingly effective. <laughs> Excuse me. Did you hear me? Take it outside. Can you hear me? What? Who do you think you are? Roger, man.
Well, that was uh, Eddie Van Halen's one uh, little appearance in that horrible sitcom. But you know what? If you're going to be married to Eddie Van Halen, then yes, why not use him? You got to love it. That's all we're waiting for anyway. He wasn't on until the seventh episode. Is it like, wait, what, what's she going to bring him on? I have noticed that all the actors that use their wives or husbands in shows seem to get divorced. I mean, let's face it. The greatest episode of Friends is the Brad Pitt one. When he hates Jennifer Aniston. Now, that kind of stuff is funny. Meanwhile, he turns around, Eddie Van Halen in this thing. He's, just, he's got that great 80s hair. He looks so adorable. And then you just can't even believe he's so rock and roll and awesome. And he's like, like oh, I'll be in my wife's show. And he was so humble, too, it seemed. Like, he really just didn't care about the spotlight at all. He just liked playing. And um, I don't know. Seemed like a really great guy from I don't really know that much, but. You know, besides his drinking and stuff, I guess, um, and I assume smoking. He says he didn't die because of smoking cigarettes. But if you listen to Craig Gass on Howard, he was saying he was smoking every hour on the hour. That's never going to end well. Uh, funny, uh, as I was thinking of Riley Bertinelli, <laughs> this is her singing. <laughs> it's like Jam Brady. And that's why she doesn't sing. Uh, that's from like a TV movie from 1979 where she sings over the credits, which, uh, you know, is always hilarious every time. Ever since that Jan Brady thing we played, there's just nothing funnier than people trying to sing who don't sing. I kind of wanted to say like myself, but I sing a little. I mean, it's not great. But it's something. Can I tell you something? This is actually, uh, you know, so Van Halen, my favorite albums. Uh, were the Sammy Hagar ones. I told you already. And it's amazing. I mean, if you think about it, it's unbelievable that... And besides, again, Genesis, what bands do you know that changed lead singers and had even better success, whether you like it or not, by after switching singers? You know, especially uh, something as sacrilegious as switching David Lee Roth, you know, people worshipped and really made the band special. But, uh, you know, it's amazing. You know, uh, Genesis, you say, you know, uh, replacing Peter Gabriel. It's quite fascinating. And, you know, I loved 5150. I mean, I played that over and over. I loved OU812. Loved for for unlawful carnal knowledge, which, of course, uh, stands for F-U-C-K. Hilarious. But it turns out Balance, the last one with Sammy, had my favorite song on it, um, which is uh, odd. I, not my favorite, but like just one that I remember all the time and sing in the shower. And if I was doing an imitation and trying to get an imitation of Sammy Hagar, this was the one that's always in my mind.
I don't know. I can't tell you why that song works for me. It just uh, maybe it was a time in my life that I was just like really into it, and it made me happy as I was walking down the street or something. I don't know, but God, I think about it all the time. Why that one? I don't know. You know, you have to hand it to Eddie for being smart enough to kind of like, even though these might not have been the songs that people who like Van Halen like because they're more uh, power ballady and stuff, and not Van Halen. He seemed to be able to, you know, put it together where you're still going to get his guitar playing and and yet, you know, just get a, a cleaner song. You know, he, made, he definitely made a thing. He's like, I hope our fans like this better because the rest of the band, I don't, I don't think they were into it. And David Lee Roth certainly wasn't into it. And Sammy was, thank God, because it worked. And I liked it better, even though, again, sacrilege for some. Uh, interestingly, Patty Smythe came out with a new album, uh, this week or last week, and you might remember her from this. I've always thought she was kind of terrific and, and I got to meet her a couple times and she's married to John McEnroe. But the funny thing is when she came out with this one solo album and I think around 1994, probably around the same time as uh, Balance, this is another, I swear, example of for some reason this song sticks in my head on a daily, daily basis and I sing it in the shower when I'm trying to do body well, sounds ridiculous but like vocal exercise and stuff i try and hit the harmonies now, I don't it's with don henley you, but i don't want to use you just to have somebody by my side and i don't want to hate you i don't want to take you but i don't want to be the one to cry and i don't I mean, that was at the time when Don Henley was just at the peak of his career. And I guess just the uh, it's a great song. Plus, um, I had a friend named Steve Klein, who I think was, uh, you know, her publicist at the time. And it just all kind of came together. I remember she was also on Howard Stern and sang it with the gut, not with Don Henley. And I'm like, boy, this song really, I don't know, it works as, uh, uh, yeah, I usually like those kind of songs. 
But I think about that one all the time as just the perfect duet song, and I'm sure it's uh, full of karaoke stuff because people, you know, it's a it's a great duet song, and you know she's. But then I don't. I I think that's the last song and album she ever came out with uh, until last week. In fact, I, I believe the album is called "It's About Time," and she's pretty cool because I think she wanted to call it "It's About Fucking Time," but the uh, uh, they wouldn't let her. <laughs> but this is the uh, this is the new one. She was. Uh, not bad you know that's not that other one but uh she's still got a voice and uh she's obviously pretty cool because well i'll tell you why she's cool i don't know whether you know this but eddie van halen asked her to join the band yeah he said uh, listen we're getting rid of this guy uh diamond dave uh do you want in she was asked to join the band before sammy hagar wow that would have been quite interesting, and I think they would have been equally as successful. Can you imagine? I mean, Sammy Hagar pretty much sings on that on that uh, that octave that a woman could sing. Uh, boy, I, you know, I, I maybe could have been okay. They wouldn't have been as cool. Maybe I, I, I know it's ridiculous with the woman, but um, but uh, it would have been an issue. I bet you it still would have worked. But yeah, she was asked first. And she goes, now I got, I'm eight months pregnant. I got kids. I'm dealing with McEnroe's kids. I don't know if you met this guy. But she regrets turning it down, uh, mostly for financial purposes. But that's the thing. You can't regret that kind of shit because we don't know if you, you would have had all the hits if you were in the band. You know what I'm saying? We don't know. Patty, you know, those, those might not have been the hits that they were if Sammy wasn't in the band. So it's hard to say. But that, that's why she regrets it, and you got to appreciate that—that that love, uh, that uh, that honesty. Well, I regret it because I, I would have been really rich, <laughs> which I'm sure she is. Anyway, but um, she sounds like a pretty cool person, and I actually think, for talking to some people, I think I can get her on the podcast. I, I, I don't see anybody else talking to her, so I, I don't mean it like that. But um, you know, anytime you can have a musician talking about a new album now that our pal Adam Schlesinger is gone. It's kind of a great thing, isn't it? Who knows who we're going to lose next? Got to make sure you got it all down on paper. That's why with that Rick Newman who was on my show, you know, I was telling him, I'm like, Rick, if you're not going to write a book, we should do like hour-long segments where I just ask you questions and you answer them about 
the old days of Catch a Rising Star because they are going to need to be documented because you probably have killer, killer stories. And we just don't, you know, he doesn't have any video, but we need whatever we can get pictures, video, and we need them explained, you know, so because it's awesome. Uh, that's I love those kind of stories, and I would hope that anybody who's going into stand up comedy would appreciate that. But a lot of these, a lot of these young kids, they don't appreciate the history of stand up comedy anymore. But the ones that do, like Elon Altman, I like him because he appreciates the history of comedy and of stand up. But a lot of these young kids, they don't, they don't care. It's weird. You would think that they would like it if they want to be a stand up. They'd want to find out more about it. But a lot of them don't care. Can you blame them? It doesn't hurt them in any way, shape, or form, I guess. Just feel like you'd want to know more. But I guess that's not the way it is. Uh, the house in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. You might have, if you were for some reason, and believe me, don't watch it. But these 10 a.m. Sunday show I was reading in, um, I had mentioned that the house from Fast Times at Ridgemont High is up for sale. The house that Brad and Stacy live in with the pool, the, the the legend. Well, that could have been on a set, but the outdoors, at least space when he's definitely washing the car and the plane raised on the radio. And he's like, could you put these flowers in the cruising vessel? Um, and he says, outside, but it is technically inside where Mike DeMont says, hey, this is some great iced tea. <laughs> and uh, let's just play this because Mike DeMone is the greatest. What do I say to her once we get in the car? No problem, Red. What you need is my special five-point plan. Come on, DeMone. I need real help here. What do you mean? Hey, men have died trying to obtain this valuable information, you know. But I'll give it to you for free. Okay, okay. What's your five-point plan? All right. Now pay attention. First of all, Red... You never let on how much you like a girl. Oh, Debbie. Hi. Two, you always call the shots. Kiss me. You won't regret it. Now, three, act like wherever you are, that's the place to be. Isn't this great? Four, when ordering food, you find out what she wants, then order for the ball field. It's a classy move. Now, the lady will have the linguine and white clam sauce and a Coke with no ice. And five. Now, this is most important, Brad. Comes down to making out whenever possible. Put on side one of Led Zeppelin four. And the classic gag of him putting on side two by accident. Well, we know that that is brilliant. We also know that Matthew McConaughey just doesn't give a shit. There's a guy that doesn't understand the history of movies. And when he did that scene, which we played a couple of weeks ago, he forgot to say, kiss me, that he forgot to say, you won't regret it. I, I just don't understand how they let that happen. I really thought Matthew McConaughey would actually be good, but they, they were all horrible they clearly didn't care. I'm talking about the table read they had, the celebrity table Zoom read they had of Fast Times at Richmond High, which was just an absolute disaster. And if we do get Amy Heckerling on ever, which I'm still trying, we will mention it. I will take the risk and have her just sign off and get angry about it because that is unacceptable. 
Thank you. Let's see, I think I had one other thing to talk about today, which was that you can hear my papers. <laughs> well, they're getting rid of Tab. You heard me, Tab Soda. Now, first of all, I didn't even know Tab was still around, but I still like Tab. I have had it a couple times recently, but it's hard to find. Who I can't even believe it was still around. And the thing is, I that's my favorite diet soda. I like that little tinny taste of it. I do not like Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi. I think it's awful. I can't believe people like it. But Tab, I was always okay with for some reason. I don't know why. But they're pulling it off the shelves. It's over, which, of course, you know, makes it worse. If you're talking about the history of comedies and movies, now no one's going to know what this is. Do you know where 1640 Riverside... Are you going to order something, kid? Uh, yeah. Give me, give me a tab. Tab? I can't give you a tab unless you order something. All right, give me a Pepsi free. You want a Pepsi, pal? You're going to pay for it. Look, just give me something without any sugar in it, okay? Some of that shit. I hope that coffee is hot when he gives it to him. But uh, yeah, how can I give you a tab? You haven't ordered anything. Well, who's going to get that line now? At least uh, maybe the Pepsi free will resonate. But, you know, those are one of those things you're going to show your kids. And you're like, I don't understand, Dad. What's the tab? Oh, tab used to be a soft drink in the 80s. Even though by the 80s, it was pretty much finished. They took a chance by if you use a tab. I mean, you know, in the 70s, it was cool because tab was for beautiful people, which, of course, is why I liked it. But Diet Coke and Coke Zero have uh, fell. It says, says, Tab grew to be the leading diet soda by 1980, but fell by the wayside after Diet Coke debuted in 1982. So if you're making a movie in 1985, uh, people didn't even know what Tab was at that point. So I guess it'll be all right. Well, uh, I guess that's it for today, really. What do I got going on this week? Nothing. Well, yeah, I guess I got that show on Wednesday. And then if you're, you know, again, if you're in Fairfield, Connecticut, I guess I'll be up there on Saturday. And uh, obviously the Tuesday show tonight, when this comes out, Tuesday, Lenny Marcus, Dan Natterman, Marina Franklin. And the next week, as you know, Family Guy meets one day at a time, ironically, talking about Barbara Cooper all day. Boy, it all connects, doesn't it, on the Nightfly? And that's what we love about the Nightfly is that it does. There is a whole bunch of connections and nonsense and stuff, and it is kind of terrific, isn't it? And that is it. I mean, what else does anybody have going on? It's almost Halloween. Does anybody care? How's that going to work this year? I guess it won't. I don't assume you can't do it even in our building or anything, can you? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything. But I do know that the Nightfly, like the core, will always survive. And um, that's about it. I hope everybody's doing okay. I hope everybody's having a nice fall. The weather has been pretty good. And we're getting to Halloween. We're getting to November. We'll come up with some fun stuff to do and some interesting stuff to talk about. All, and I just hope that this podcast is helping you through a really disturbing time period. That is our show for today. I am Dave Juskow, and this is The Nightfly. And we'll see you next week right here. I'm the nice one.